0: What can wash away my sin? That's the question today. It's right there on the screen. I want you to read it with me. Let's read it together. What can wash away my sin? We've been in this series, Starting Point, and if you're here today for the first time, I can't think of a better time for you to have joined us than in this series, because starting point is simply, it's a conversation. It's a conversation about faith. And this is week five. We've been in this conversation for a couple of weeks. And what we've said is that this series is really for Everybody. Maybe you're a seeker, and you are here, and you have questions about God. You're like, I'm not sure that I believe that. Maybe, maybe you got questions about the Bible. How did we get the Bible? How, I, wasn't it man that wrote the Bible? And so that would be called a seeker. Maybe you have a lot of questions, and maybe the truth is you have way more questions than you have answers. Well, that's this series is for you for seekers. Maybe you're here and you recently put your faith and trust in Christ. Maybe in the last couple of weeks, all of a sudden the Bible began to make sense to you. Maybe before there were things you're like, it just doesn't, I can't wrap my arms around it. It's almost like you didn't have a handle. You just couldn't grasp and understand what this was all about. But maybe in this series, as we've started at starting point and said, hey, we're going to start at the beginning. Maybe all of a sudden you realize that, wait a second. Okay, so really the starting point is a question. The question is, who is Jesus? I mean, if we're going to be honest, the starting point for my faith is the resurrection. It was the same starting point for those many, many years ago. I'm thankful for the cross, but if it would have ended at the cross, that wouldn't have been good. Jesus wouldn't be alive, and you and I would not have hope. But in this series, whether it's for seekers or new believers, maybe you realize that, and you put your faith and trust there in Christ, or maybe you're here, and, and you believe that a long time ago. And we talked about week one. We talked about only Jesus got a 100, Only Jesus was perfect. And we talked about how we grew up with faith. You know, maybe it looked a little bit different. Maybe maybe you didn't grow up with faith at all. But for a lot of people, we grew up and we had this childlike faith. We just believed what we were told. But then as we got older, the gap grew. And the gap grew between what I was told, what I believed as a child, and my experience. And as that gap grew, so did our questions, so did our doubts, so did our unbelief. That was week one. We talked about a faith has a starting point and it's a question. And the question is, who is Jesus? For some of you, your faith journey may, may be started with someone pointing their finger in your face and telling you what. A sinner you are. Can I tell you something? The real starting point is the resurrection. The real starting point is Jesus. Only Jesus got a 100. Then after that, Steph spoke on Mother's Day. And she reminded us that, you know what? That all of us are a mess. She told that funny story, that true story. And I just want to say it was a kid's fault. (laughs) Not my fault. But she talked about how the puppies made that incredible mess. And listen, God could have walked away from the mess, but instead he moved to the mess. And she reminded us that that we can trust God because God is trustworthy. God is trustworthy. And then Tyler knocked it out of the park also. He reminded us, and for some of us, this was a new, this was an aha moment. He he reminded us that rules assume a relationship, that the reason why the Ten Commandments were given was because God was saying, you're my people and I am your God. So remember, who's your daddy? And God loved us that much that he put some rules in place, not so you and I would not have fun. He put rules in place because he knew how much he loved us, how much he wanted to protect us. And yet he also wanted to enlighten us to the truth that on our best day, we couldn't get it right. Scripture teaches us that the law that was given was a schoolmaster. It was actually given to teach us and not just teach us about God, but how to relate to God not just teach us about each other, but how to relate with each other. But ultimately, it would teach us that you and I have come short of the glory of God. What can wash away my sin? I talked about the difference between mistakes and and sin and how oftentimes the world we've implemented, we have substituted the word mistake For sin. We all make mistakes. And then the truth is we all sin. Right? I mean, you make a mistake, but what happens when you make it a second time and a third time and you plan it the next time and um, you bought the plane tickets and you deleted the message and you erased your search history because you knew that you had crossed a line that you shouldn't have crossed. Well, See, sin, as we learned about sin, condemns, but Jesus restores, and that's really where I want to go to today, because sin will, religion will, religion will shame you. Have you ever had somebody tell you, shame on you, and not not as a joke, like, shame on you, man. Have you ever seriously been condemned? Has someone ever said, like, shame on you, you shouldn't have done that. And the truth is you didn't need them to shame on you. You already had shame in you, right? You already had shame on top of you. You felt it like a weight. You felt like you were sinking quickly and shame was there. And and sin brings shame and sin brings guilt. And as adults, as we get older, our sins get bigger, right? I I remember, you know, i told a, a story about uh, being five years old and eating a candy bar and I stole that candy bar and I ate it, you know, but as we get older, the sins get bigger, don't they? Uh, adult size sins and, and, and when we sin, we make an excuse, right? When we sin, we run. When we sin, we hide. When we sin, we lie. And what happens is we say things like, well, I was angry or I was lonely I was just tired. I was tired. I was depressed. I was numb. We make excuses. And the truth is we know that there is a debt, right? That's why when you mistreat your kids, I mean, they ticked you off. They pushed you to the limit. I mean, they not only pushed you to the limit, but they pushed your button, buttons. And they pushed it and they pushed it and you go off. It's the reason why you have a hard time sleeping. Sometimes not only a few days afterwards, but it can turn into several years afterwards that that shame and that guilt is upon you and you feel this debt and feel, In fact, maybe you feel indebted to keep on apologizing. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. And maybe you felt so guilty before that you just keep trying to slap one I'm sorry after another apology after another I'm sorry because of the weight that you feel. You feel like I just owe it to them. Maybe you even owe it to yourself. In this message today, I want to talk about Jesus, Jesus. And before Jesus really comes on the scene, he has a cuz. And his cousin's name is John. And he's known as John the Baptist. Not because he wasn't John the Presbyterian or John the Methodist. He was known as John the Baptist or literally John the Baptizer. See, many people, even during that time, many people would hear him preach. In fact, Mark's gospel, here's what's interesting, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, all four of the gospel writers record Jesus getting baptized. They record this story of his cousin John and all the crowds that followed. As I was thinking about this uh, message, it's interesting, I, I found this card And it took me back. I told this story before, but you know, church is such a uh, parade, you know, different people every week. And um, so it just brought me back. On the front, we had uh, It's Not Over. On the back, we had the hunt. And it reminded me of that time back in March the 31st, 2013. I'll never forget it. Yeah, we had a hunt, all right. We had advertised 10,000 eggs. We ended up with 50,000 eggs and we ended up with 16,000 people from five different states. We had this thing called the hunt. It was a night hunt, it was behind Gulf Breeze High School. And literally, I got, I earned the privilege to meet with the powers that be the Monday after that Saturday of the hunt. They told me, Congratulations. Our city has never had an event that attracted this many people. We're calling it the Easter miracle because nobody died. And I came with my plan and laid it out and said, listen, we had a plan. Here's the deal. And we had police there and we had an ambulance there, a fire truck there. Like we we thought we were ready. We had 75 Marines and 120 volunteers. But let me tell you something. That is very little when 16,000 people show up. Now, we're a year old. We're a year old at this point, and we've already broken Gulf Breeze history. Pretty sure we should be in the Guinness Book of World Records for that. But you know, as many people as that was, John was attracting major crowds. In fact, Mark records the story, and Mark says that literally everybody showed up. Everybody and and he says everyone from Jerusalem. So it wasn't just like everyone like in Bethany, or maybe you heard of Jericho, but he was like, no, big city, Jerusalem. Everybody turned out because there was this strange guy preaching. His name was John the not the no, I'm just kidding. John the baptizer. And as John is listening to people, he's preaching, and John's got a straightforward message. His message is like, you're screwed up, repent. That's pretty much it. Like you're messed up, you're jacked up, you need to repent. And and here is proof that you are repenting or you are changing your mind. You are turning from your way of living to God's way of living. And he said, the proof will be that you will come and instead of you jumping in the water and baptizing yourself, you just kind of going down and taking the plunge, you know, like when we're in kids swimming when we were young, you know, and we we just kind of, you know, do the thing. No, John was baptizing them and they would repent of their sins or literally confess the lifestyle that they were living. They would confess the sins that they were doing. And upon their confession, upon their confession, John would baptize them. And he would baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. He would baptize them. And now one day, everybody showed up. And John has so many people. I mean, everybody's there. And as everybody is there, our text is found in John chapter 1. Let's pick up this story, and we're going to find out what happens. John chapter 1. Oh, by the way, John, he, he dressed a little funny. Mark's gospel tells us that, that he, his outfit was made of camel hair, and he had this leather belt, and he was addicted to locust and honey. He's like, oh, you haven't tried it in the honey, though. <laughs> Don't let it weird you out, man. Locust is good, but it's great when it's dipped in honey. And so... He was a little bit different type of dude, and, um, and he's related to Jesus. He's actually Jesus' cousin. He was born before Jesus was born, and literally, when their mothers were together, and John the Baptist was in his mother's womb, when Mary, the mother of Jesus, told Elizabeth, the mother of soon-to-be John the baptizer, that Mary was pregnant, the baby, John the Baptist, leaped, kicked big time, like had a party in her tummy when he heard that she was pregnant with the Messiah. So, so watch this now, okay? So all his life, John is straight as an arrow. All of his life, people are like, I think he might be the Messiah, I'm pretty sure this may be the one. This may be the one we've been waiting on for hundreds and hundreds of years. Let's go John chapter one. Let's pick up verse 19. This was John's testimony when the Jewish leaders sent priests and temple assistants, because they had people, from Jerusalem to ask John, who are you? He came right out and he said, would you read these words with me? I am not the Messiah. I mean, he cut straight to the point because he'd heard the talk. He'd heard the rumblings. He knew that people were talking about him saying, man, we think this might be, and he simply said, I am not the Messiah. Well then, who are you? They asked. Are you Elijah? No, he replied, but he was famous. He's famous. I mean, whenever he'd open his mouth, people came like crazy to hear him preach. And he was blunt. He just told him, you're a sinner and you're a sinner and you're a sinner and you're a sinner. sinner. You're all sinners and you need to repent. And for some reason they couldn't get enough of it. So he says, I'm not the Messiah. No, I'm not Elijah. And when he replied, no, they said, are you the prophet that we're expecting? No. He said, then who are you? Verse 22, we need an answer for those who sent us. What do you have to say about yourself? Interesting, yourself. We're gonna come back to that word later. What do you have to say about yourself? John replied in the words, of the prophet Isaiah. In other words, there's a book in the Bible called Isaiah. Isaiah was a real guy and Isaiah wrote a letter. He wrote one of the books that's in the Bible, one of the volumes, if you please. And so now John the Baptist who knew Isaiah's quote, so he memorized it and now he's gonna quote this, what we would refer to as a verse. He says, I am a voice shouting in the wilderness. In other words, Isaiah, thousands of years before John ever showed up, Isaiah prophesied, Isaiah predicted that there would come one before the one. And the one that came before the one would say, I'm not the one, but I am know the one and I'm going to point to the one and you need the one. But I'm not the one, he's the one. John knew who he wasn't. Oh to God, that you and I could start there, that we would know who we're not. And then John knew who Jesus was. See, when you know who you're not, and then you know who Jesus is, that solves a lot of questions. And John is right here, and he, he quotes Isaiah, I'm a voice shouting in the wilderness. Now think about this with me. All right. You go out to the woods, you go out to the wilderness and you're a voice in the wilderness. It's like nobody's listening. Because when you're in the wilderness and you're a voice, you can be as loud as you want. But the trees ain't talking. You're in the wilderness. Nobody's listening. And Isaiah was forecasting that God on purpose would send a forerunner before the Savior that would be like a voice crying in the wilderness, trying to get people to listen to the message, but not worship him, the messenger. And what is he shouting? What's his message? Clear the way for the Lord's coming. Here's John. And he keeps pointing to Jesus. Then the Pharisees who had been sent asked him, if you aren't the Messiah or Elijah or the prophet, then what right do you have to baptize? And I love what he said. I baptize with water, but right here in the crowd is someone you do not recognize. Though his ministry follows mine, I'm not even worthy to be his slave and untie the straps of his sandals. This encounter took place in Bethany, an area east of the Jordan River where John was baptizing. Look at verse 29. What happens is the very next day, here is John, John continues to baptize, why? Because people are continuing to confess. And so right after you confess that you're a sinner, Right after you confess your need for Christ, the next step, biblically, the next step in the Bible is always what we call believers' baptism. I call it like the Jesus jersey. You are identified with Jesus. You know, the playoffs are happening right now and people watching the NBA and, you know, and and we always love to represent our team, whoever our team is. Well, when you confess that Jesus is Lord and when you confess that you're a sinner, you're not God, and you confess you need a savior, you know what? At that point, you become a child of God. And at that point, you have a next right step to take. And here is a reminder that that next step is baptism. And whether you worship at our campus in Navarre, hey Navarre, whether you worship at our campus in Gulf Breeze, what's up, Gulf Breeze? Whether you worship in prison at our Blackwater campus, let's go, what's up, Blackwater? What's up, God behind bars, let's see y'all. Maybe you worship online and you're watching, you're out of state, right? Maybe you're out of the country and you watch and you worship with us, but you're out of the country, I say hello to you guys, or maybe you worship at our Pensacola campus and you have recently stepped across that line of faith or maybe today's your day to do that. Your next right step is what we call believers, say it with me, baptism. And and check this story out. This is so cool. Watch this. The next day, verse 29, John saw Jesus coming toward him and he said, look. Now imagine Imagine literally being in a crowd of people and imagine yelling as loud as you can, look, what's gonna happen? Imagine being on an airplane, you're all seated, it's getting ready to take off, maybe it's in the air, and then all of a sudden, as loud as you can, with as much passion and energy as you can, you scream, look, what's gonna happen? You're gonna get attention and everybody's gonna look Where? At you. And John is saying, no, 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 no. No, don't look at me. I want you to look at him. Why? Because I'm not the one. Why? Because I know who I am. I know who I am because I know who I'm not. I'm not him. So let me just start with that. I'm not the Messiah. I'm not the one you've been waiting for. My job is to point to him. And now here comes Jesus out of the crowd. And can't you imagine, I mean, kind of like a concert, you've been to a concert before and you're looking for the stage, but then they actually walked out from the back. Yeah. Or maybe they were seated in the middle and all of a sudden you're like, okay, lights go out, it's dark and it's like, okay, we're getting ready. And then and, and the anticipation is building. And then all of a sudden there's the spotlight and it goes right to the crowd. And there is your favorite singer, whoever that is right there. And here comes Jesus walking humbly out of a massive crowd, and John sees him, and John says, don't look at me. I want you to see what I see. Look, all right? When I grew up as a child, the word was behold. You know, look. In fact, I think um, this translation, the NLT doesn't say behold, but it says look, and he says this, the Lamb of God Who takes away the sin of all the world? Not just the sin of all Republicans, the sins of all the Democrats, not just the sins of all of Americans, but the sins of all the world. Look at him. He is the one I was talking about when I said, a man is coming after me who is far greater than I am because he's, I am, and I am, I am not. He is, I am, and that makes me, I am not. And so he's far greater than I am because he is the great I am for he existed long before me. What's he talking about? He's talking that Jesus is God. We call that deity. That Jesus is a 100% God. He was also a 100% man, but he was a 100% God as well. In theology, we call that the hypostatic union. That Jesus left heaven and Jesus, God Almighty, God the Son, and remember, Focus with me, and I want you to see this picture on the screen. This will help you with the Trinity. You've got the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and the Father isn't the Son, and the Son isn't the Father, and the Son isn't the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit isn't the Son, and the Holy Spirit isn't the Father, and the Father isn't the Holy Spirit, but they are all God, right there in the middle. They are all God. And so now here's Jesus, and he is The Messiah and he existed long before John the Baptist. Why? Because God was never, God was never made. God was never created. Jesus left heaven and he was born, but that did not start his existence. He always existed for Jesus is not only the son of God, but Jesus is equally God. Are you with me? So there's a little theology here that you got to understand. What's he talking about? I thought John was born first and then Jesus. John was kind of older because he's talking about the fact that it was actually Jesus that created the world. Jesus existed a long time ago. All right. Um, John chapter eight, the Pharisees are tricking Jesus. They're trapping Jesus. And then Jesus, they're talking about, you know, talk about, let's, let's go back. Let's talk about Abraham. And Jesus stuns them. He shocks them. And he looks at them and he doesn't blink and he doesn't flinch. Jesus says, before Abram was, I am. He's like, you're talking about Father Abraham, but I was way before. And at that moment, they wanted to stone him. Why? Because he was claiming to be God. Now listen to me. There's a lot of religions in this world that will tell you that Jesus isn't God. This is very important. Well, Pastor Tim, if Jesus was God, why did he have to get baptized? Why did he have to get baptized? Because I thought you got baptized after you confessed you're a sinner. Then why did you do that? Jesus was modeling for us. Jesus was going first. Jesus was leading us in the way we should go. Why? Because he's the shepherd. And the shepherd always leads the sheep. And so here, John is like, look, that's the dude. That's the guy. That's the one I've been telling you about. And watch what he says here. He says, he existed long before me. I didn't recognize him as the Messiah, but I've been baptizing with water so that he may be revealed to Israel. Verse 32, then John testified, I saw the Holy Spirit descending like a dove from heaven and resting upon him. I didn't know he was the one, but when God sent me to baptize with water, he told me, "The one on whom you see the Spirit descend and rest is the one who will baptize with the Holy Spirit." I saw this happen to Jesus so I testify. So I give witness. I verify that he is. What does the verse say? The chosen one. Notice how chosen and one are capitalized. He is the chosen one of God. Who's Jesus? Jesus is the Messiah. He's the Lamb of God. The Lamb of God. Look, the, the, the Lamb of God. Now, in this series, Starting Point, we've talked about how we messed up. We talked about sin. We talked about um, how that Steph talked about Eve. And when Eve and Adam disobeyed God, what did God do? He looked at the fig leaves and he's like, that ain't good enough. That's not going to. It may cover you, but it's not powerful enough to cleanse you. You need more than a cover up. You actually need a cleansing. And so what I'm going to do is I'm going to find a spotless lamb and I'm going to shed the blood of this spotless little lamb that didn't do anything, that didn't disobey me, that didn't deserve this punishment. And this lamb is going to die so you can live. And one day there will come a day when a lamb must die so that you can live. And for 1500 years, day after day, sacrifice after sacrifice, the Hebrews, the children of Israel would say, sacrifice animals and yet that was for a season to get them to the reason that one day the season would be over because the reason had entered the picture and now john is saying oh my god he's here this is happening i'm getting chill pumps, i'm getting goosebumps this is really happening everybody look here he is and he baptized them. And, and what, what John's gospel doesn't tell us, but Matthew, Mark, and, and Luke, some of the other gospel writers do give us a little insight. John is blown away. John's like, I, I, I don't need to baptize you. You need to baptize me. I, I, I don't even deserve to like carry your sandals. Uh, let, I mean, I don't even deserve to, to take them off your feet, let alone carry them. And Jesus says to John, you need to do this. You need to do this. And and here's the reason why. Because in just a minute, all these people that were repenting of their sins and being baptized would all of a sudden see the Lamb of God, which would take away the sin of the world. Sin of the world. And so Jesus asked John to do something he's not comfortable with. And you know what? Jesus will do the same to you. Jesus will lead you to places. Jesus will put on your heart to do things that sometimes just don't make sense, but Jesus knows best and we can trust him. And now all of a sudden, John, the baptizer, is baptizing the Lamb of God who's getting ready to take away the sin of the world. Oh, it's fixing to get good up in here. So he takes jesus and he puts them into the water and he brings them out of the water two things number one this is a picture and they experienced the power of the trinity Father, Son, Holy Spirit. For the Son of God was going into the water and coming up out of the water. And as the Son was being baptized, the Father was speaking. As John was baptizing, as Jesus was right there in the water, coming up out of the water, the Father speaks and he says, This is my Son in whom I am. Watch this. In whom I am. Are you with me? This is the I am. This is the great I am. There ain't nobody like I am, and I am not. is baptizing I am and I am not knows that he is not I am but he is actually baptizing I am and Father God is saying this is my son whom I am well pleased and Jesus was giving us the picture that Jesus would one day take the sins of the world away. He would die on the cross. He would be buried. And three days later, he would come up out, not the water this time, but he would come up out of the grave and he would come up sin free. He would take our sins upon us and he would nail them to a cross and he would be buried for our sins and he would shed the blood of a spotless lamb, of an innocent lamb. And only that blood could wash away our sins there's the answer what can wash away my sins nothing but the blood of jesus and now as jesus would resurrect and that's where we start with starting point. We start with the resurrection. As Jesus is alive and he's coming out, your sins and my sins are G-O-N-E because Jesus on the cross said it is D-O-N-E. Your sins are gone because it is done. It is finished. It is over. I have paid the high price. I've given my life. And watch, 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 watch with me. Listen, when they would crucify you, crucifixion was the worst punishment. If you were a Roman citizen, you you couldn't even be, no matter what you did. They were going to crucify you. All you had to do is pull out your driver's license and say, I'm a Roman. I'm I'm, I'm a Roman. I'm a citizen. You can't crucify me because crucifixion was the worst because crucifixion was suffocation. Crucifixion was death by suffocation. And you would hang on a tree and you would get sunburned and birds would tear your eyes out and eat your flesh and as you hung on that cross eventually the soldiers would come and they would break your legs when they broke your legs they broke literally what was pushing you up to open up your lungs and breathe one more time but jesus is on the cross and imagine David in the book of Psalms tells us that we could not even recognize Jesus as a human. It's how badly he was beaten. Do you know that Jesus on that cross cut wide open with his back rubbing up against that thorny wooden cross? When they came to break his legs, They realized he was already dead. You know why? Because he bled out. He was scourged. He was whipped with a cat of nine tails. They plucked the beard from him. They put this crown of thorns and beat it six, eight inches deep into his skull. He was a bloody mess. They nailed him to a cross. They pierced his side. Blood and water came out. And, And when they came to break his legs, they realized he's already dead. You know Why? Because that's why he came, came to shed his blood, because he was the Lamb of God, which would take away. Say it with me: the sins or sins of the say it with me world. And here's what's beautiful about this: that means your sin and my sin means your sin. And my sin, and so I would say to you, you don 't have to maybe you 're wrestling with all this shame and all this guilt, and you can 't even forgive yourself you don 't have to forgive yourself because your self your sins have already been forgiven. all you have to do is receive the gift right before the invitation. I want to read this first, Paul, who used to be saul we 've talked about him in this series he 's writing a letter to a brand new church and 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 Paul pens these words he writes these words to this new church listen to it this is in Colossians chapter 2 written to the church in Colossae here it is verse 13 you were dead because of your sins and that's just the truth for all of us we were all dead because of our sins and because your sinful nature was not yet cut away Then Somebody say then. Then God made you alive with Christ. Look at the verse. Look at the screen. For he forgave all our sins. Oh, and it gets better than that. He canceled the record of the charges, the debt. Remember that? Right? The debt that we had. Right, He canceled the record of the charges against us and he took it, somebody say away, by nailing it to the cross. You see, Jesus was nailed so you wouldn't have to be. Jesus allowed sin to nail him so that sin could not nail you. How about it? Jesus, the Lamb of God. The Passover, you know, we take communion. And when we take communion, we talk about this is the blood. And this, is, this represents the body, represents the blood. And take, eat, do this in remembrance of me. And Jesus with his disciples before, hours before, he's on a cross. He is leading them to understand that on the Passover, They are celebrating the Passover. But Jesus was the Passover lamb. The blood would be applied, would be available because it was shed. And if you and I would say, I need that blood to cleanse me, to wash me then one day the death angel would pass over not only them, but would pass over you, pass over me. And it's available today. So let's end up where we started since it's a starting point. What can, what, 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 what has the potential? What has the power? What can wash Away not not cover but cleanse what can wash away my sins and the answer is nothing but the blood of Jesus the lamb of god who took away the sins of the world would you bow your heads would you close your eyes man you've heard the gospel today you've heard the good news today the bad news we're all guilty The bad news, we're all sinners. The bad news, we're all going to die. But the good news is that he took our place. And the lamb that never sinned and the lamb that didn't deserve it, that lamb died in our place. He became our substitute. And on that cross, Jesus absorbed the wrath of God so you and I could embrace the love of God. No wonder we call him the Savior. If you're here today and you're already a Christian, you have believed that, I want to ask you the question, have you taken that next step to be baptized? Have you taken that next step to put on the Jesus jersey to to make a profession of faith to say, hey, I, I believe and I, I want people to know that I'm, if you haven't, we got really good news. Beach baptism is right around the corner. I want you to sign up. I want you to sign up. We want to baptize you. We want to help you take that next step. If you're here today and you've never done that, today is the day of salvation. Today, God has spoken to you. And today, God is calling you. Today, God is right there. And he's standing at your heart's door. And he's knocking. And he will not open it. He will not kick the door down. He will keep knocking. And if you will just open the door, Jesus will come in. He'll forgive your sin. He'll make you new, and he'll teach you how to live. Scripture says that if we'll confess with our mouth that Jesus is God, Jesus is Lord, and if we'll believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead, we will be saved. And that saved word is a church word, but it means forgiven. Think brand new car smell, new car smell. Jesus will make you new. He'll forgive your sins, and he'll teach you how to live. If you want to do that, let's pray together right now. Heads bowed and eyes closed. I want you to pray it out loud. I want you to say this out loud. All right. Repeat after me. You're not praying to me. You're not praying through me, right? I've just got the mic and I'm leading us in this prayer. We're going live to God. Heaven's listening and and God Almighty is leaning into your prayer right now. Would Would you pray with me? Would you say, God, I'm a sinner and I repent of my sins. I believe Jesus that you are God. I'm not. You're God? I'm not. So I need you to do for me what I can never do for myself. Because of your blood, wash away my sins. Thank you for loving me, bleeding for me, dying for me. I believe you were buried. I believe you rose again. On the third day, according to the scriptures, I now give you my life. I receive your life. Now teach me how to live. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Man, come on. Hey, I want you to look right here. Everybody look up, Blackwater. I want you to look up. You're in Navarre, Pensacola, Gulf Breeze. You're watching online. I want you to look right here. Listen, if you did that today, heaven right now is throwing a party Today's your spiritual birthday. So listen up, shorty. It's your birthday. And all heaven is celebrating your spiritual birth. And the devil hates that he lost another one. And heaven is celebrating what the devil is hating. And that's that one more pass from death to life. Here's how you can help us. If you did that, would you hold your hand up high? We want to know. We're not going to go weird or crazy here. We just want to see that hand. We got hosts. They got little blue bags. Want to put those in your hands because inside that blue bag is a Bible. Inside that bag are resources that will help you in this new faith journey. So I can't think of a better thing to do than right now for you to raise the hand, hold it up high. I'm going to count to three. That's right. Hands are already in there. I love it. I love it when that happens. Hands are already up. Let's go. Let's go. Come on. I want you to hold it up high. Don't be shy. Hosts are going to come give you that bag. We're going to clap. And then I'm going to turn it over to our local campuses. Here we go. Ready? One, two, three. Right now. Hold it up. Let's go. Come on. Let's go, Pensacola. Don't you hold it up high. Let's go. Go freeze. Come on, Navarre. Come on. Hold it up. Let's go. Come on, Blackwater. Let's go. We're celebrating you guys. Let's go. Hey, online, would you text us? Would you text us Jesus? To 866 513 1270. And let us know. We wanna make sure you get those same resources. Well, what a day. Thank you for coming today. I love you guys so much. Hey, at this time, I'm gonna turn it over to our local campuses.